bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobi. And now, today's word. Aware. All right, let's get to the message. Um, I'm doing part two of my message, sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. And last week I talked about uh, the great commission that uh, Jesus told us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And uh, uh, today I will just focus on how we do it, how we share the gospel, how we make Christ known. So this is part two of sharing the gospel. Kindly go with me to First John chapter one verses one and two. First John chapter one verses one and two. And it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. God has called us to be witnesses. And a witness is somebody who gives evidence to a case and, 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 and talks about what they know about that particular case. And, and what God has called us to do is to give evidence of him to the world. And there are four things that the passage says uh, we can give evidence to. First, it says we give evidence to what we have seen. What we have seen, what we've seen Christ do in our lives what we have seen Christ do in other people's lives. So if you're going to testify of Christ, you're going to share uh, the gospel, you're talking about what you have seen. You can talk about what you have not seen. So you can tell people, listen, I know this person in my church, or I know this person, uh, and, and they gave their life to Christ, and Christ changed them, and Christ transformed them. Because I've seen it, or I've seen it in my own life. So first, we talk about what we have seen. Secondly, we talked about what we have heard. What we have heard is basically what we've heard from the Bible, what we've read in the Bible, uh, what we've heard people testify about, what we've heard preached from the pulpit, and that's what we talk about. So we, we, we've heard it, and so we give witness of it. And thirdly, we witness to what we have examined, what we've handled, what we've come to settle. Our faith in Christ or the Christian faith is examined and verified. It has stood the test of time for over 2,000 years. There are people who have tried so hard to overthrow Christianity for the last 2,000 years. Some violently, some with knowledge, with information, with education, with science, and Christianity has always stood still. You don't have a faith that is fragile and can easily be overthrown. You have a faith that is firm and has stood the test of time. And you can also say, I have proven my faith in Christ. I have handled it. I've examined it. It is true. And you can testify about it. So we talk about what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have examined. And finally, we talk about what we have experienced what we have experienced all right so evangelism 
or soul winning is more a lifestyle than even uh, an activity we involve in. You know, because many times when we talk about uh, going to win souls, we, we imagine things. Maybe going to people's houses to knock on the door. And what if the dog bags, barks? Or what if I open the door or knock on the door, the person comes and insults me? Or what if I'm trying to talk to somebody in the street and the person just rubbishes me? Or what if I try to witness uh, to, to the gospel and, and, and people just ignore me? I will feel embarrassed. I will feel ashamed. And that's why sometimes people find it difficult to share the gospel. So I'm going to talk about four important things you should be doing to share the gospel. Four of them. And I will... Talk about a testimony uh, that happened in my own life. The first thing, first step to sharing the gospel is let your light shine. Let your light shine. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Just shine the light. You are the light, shine it. And that's the first way we make Christ known, or the first way we share the gospel, is let our light shine. And what does it mean to let your light shine? It means we must live out our faith. Before people hear us preaching the gospel, they must see us living the gospel. The life we live the lives we lead. The biggest turn off of an unbeliever is a Christian who does not live out his or her faith. Somebody who talks about one thing, but everything they do is very different. And when you go out just talking, 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 but not living it, you will put people off. So first and foremost, to share the gospel, our light must shine. We must be doers of our faith. If we say God is good, we must be good. If we say God is love, we must show love. If we say God is kind, we must show kindness. We cannot believe one thing and live totally opposite what we believe in. So, let your light shine. Live out your faith. And the other way to let our light shine is do acts of kindness. Jesus asked that our good works must be seen. Our good works must be seen. So people will give glory to God. So wherever we are, in our office, in our neighborhoods, in our families, we must live out our faith and our good works must be seen. Be generous. Do things to help others. Volunteer a bit of your time for a neighbor. Share a meal. Help out a family in distress. Open doors for people. Good works will not save the sinner. But good works will open the sinner's heart to the message of salvation. So do something in your neighborhood, in your office that make people know that you are different. Your good works. Because sometimes, unfortunately, Christians can be very mean. And very, very wicked. And sometimes we can destroy people with gossip. And we can, we can just be people who just put other people down. 
But what will happen if in your neighborhood you are the one who doesn't gossip? When people come to you with a gossip, you are the one who says, you know what you're saying about this brother or this man? It's not kind. It's not good. I think you are destroying his name. You're destroying his reputation. Don't you think people will see you as a good person? And that when you come preaching the good news, they will listen to you. But if you're the one spreading gospel, gossip about everybody, destroying everybody, you're fighting everybody, you're fighting the neighborhoods, you're fighting about where to sweep and where not to sweep. <laughs> and you're going through all of this is in the, in the office, you're fighting over TNT and you're fighting over bonus and you're fighting over everybody and, and all of that. And then you come and say, Jesus loves you. Who's going to listen to that? So let your light shine. Everybody say my light must shine. All right. Jesus says they must see your good works. They must see my good works. So the first step to sharing the gospel is that we live out our faith by letting our light shine. Secondly, second way we share the gospel is to lift Jesus up. Lift Christ up. Lift him up. John chapter 3 verse 14 and 15 Jesus said as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life when Christ when Christ is lifted up when Jesus is lifted up he draws all people to himself we must learn not only to let our light shine but to lift Jesus up Lift Jesus up. Lift Jesus up. Lift him up for the world to see. For he said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Those are the words of a song we used to sing. Lift him up. How do we lift Jesus up? I will show you two ways that we can lift Jesus up. First, we must celebrate the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Celebrate the Lord during your celebrations. God gives each one of us moments when people come around us to celebrate with us, to be part of our world. It could be during our birthdays, our graduations, engagements, weddings, baby namings, or even the funeral of a loved one. There are moments in everybody's life that people come around you. People celebrate you. These days on social media when it's people's birthday, they advertise that they are, it's their birthday. People are very bold these days. It's my birthday. And then they will get about a hundred comments or two hundred comments and people share their birthday. When people celebrate us, we must learn to use that celebration to point to Jesus. So when you have a birthday party, it must be a, an occasion for you to show something that you are a Christian. When it's your graduation and people come around, there must be something you do to point to Jesus, to celebrate him. When even you have a funeral and people come around you, what do you do there to advertise your faith? In your home, what is there in your home for anybody to look at your home and say, oh, that's a Christian home. 
or this birthday, that's a Christian's birthday. That's a Christian's funeral. And I'm not going to give you any rules. But you know that there are certain kinds of music that are incompatible with your Christian faith. And if you bring people to your birthday and you play those music and people dance some of those very, 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 very bad dances. And they do it there and then you come and say, oh, I am a Christian. People are going to say, are you really sure? Or booze flows at your party. And people are drunk and misbehaving. How do you then come out to celebrate Jesus? So let us be mindful that our moments are Jesus' moments. Our celebrations are Jesus' celebrations. And if we want people to come to know Jesus, the the moments when we lift up Jesus in our celebrations, the times when people stay around us, And the other way in which we lift Jesus up is to point people to the Lord. Point people to Jesus. Point them. You know, I like it when there are footballers and sportsmen, a footballer scores a goal. And then, you know, he may not be the most perfect person, but they score a goal and they they point to the heavens. They, They are literally saying, I scored a goal, but give glory to God. Or somebody uh, scores a goal and kneels down. Or somebody takes an award and shares a testimony. These are very subtle ways of making people know who is the source of your success. And if you are a Christian, you have to find opportunities when you point to Jesus. So you receive the great award and everybody says, oh, you are the best in your field. And when you are receiving the prize, what did you say about Jesus? Or you won the award in your office. And everybody praise your hard work. When you were giving back your word, what did you say about Jesus? You may not be the most perfect person. In fact, sometimes people who hear you talk about Jesus say, Hey, the world is strange, Joe. Hey, I didn't know that man too. He talks about Jesus. Hey, we must all change. <laughs> because they, they know you as rugged. But you're pointing to Jesus. Makes people ponder about their own lives. Especially when you are greater than people and you point to Jesus. Then those who are lesser than you are wondering, what are we here pointing to? You are the managing director. You say, I give glory to Jesus. The young bank teller would begin to wonder, wow. If the MD says Jesus is the source of their life, then Jesus must be really good. So for all of you big men and big women, let Jesus resound from your mouth. And let me say this, especially for those of you who work for multinationals and international organizations where Jesus is totally off, find a way to sneak in Jesus. Because you know, the unbelievers, they find a way to sneak in Buddha. They sneak in Confucius. They sneak in everything. But somehow when people talk about Jesus, everybody gets uptight. Talk about Jesus anyway. Because if he is your life, 
Then you must let people know in your moment of celebration, you got an award, you got an appointment. They say, Whoa, so and so, you got an appointment. You come and say, Oh, thank you so much for your hard work, but I want to give all this glory to God and thank God for Jesus who saved my life. People say, Well, it's inappropriate, yes, but it will get to somebody's ear. So learn to lift up the name of Jesus. Let your light shine, lift up Jesus. Third thing. We must do to win souls to Christ or to share the gospel is to pray for the harvest of souls. Pray for the harvest of souls. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 to 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send our laborers into his harvest. This is the power room of the gospel. You, you pray for people. Because every soul winning effort is a spiritual warfare. Every soul winning effort. Satan holds people and he's not going to release them until we wrestle those souls out of his hand. And we have to pray for souls and we have to pray for many people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll share a little testimony here. You know, sometime in early 1978, when most of you were not born, early 1978, I used to see a young man who would walk past our home. I didn't know where he was going to. I assumed he was going to work. But in the mornings, I'll see him. Sometimes in the evening, I'll see him walk by. And of all the people who walk that I saw, something just said, I should pray for this man. And I used to pray for him. I didn't know his name, didn't know where he was going to, but I would, I would pray for him. Anytime I see him, I say, Lord, have mercy. Touch him, Lord. Open his heart to the gospel. I didn't know whether he was a Christian or not, but I just prayed for him. And I pray for him uh, many times. Sometimes even when I hadn't seen him, I'll be walking in town and I'll pray for him. I'll remember the young man and pray for him. So sometime in the same 1978, I applied for and got a job. And uh, I remember when I was going, my first day at work, it was a Monday. I entered the doorway of our office. There's a canopy in front of the office. When I just entered under the canopy, going to the doorway, I prayed a prayer. Just at the door of the, of the office. And I said, Lord... I claim every soul in this office for you. That my presence here will bring everybody to Jesus Christ. And everybody to know you as Lord and Savior. That was my prayer. I didn't pray for promotion. I didn't pray for favor. I just prayed that souls will be one. And so I entered. I was introduced to my boss. And the boss welcomed me. And I said, well, let me take you to your office. So he took me to my office. Uh, to welcome me, there were five spaces in my office. And guess who I saw in that office room? The young man I've been praying for, who was driving, you know, walked in front of my office. So I just knew God has brought me here for an assignment. And so there were f- five desks. One was empty, which was mine. This is Mr. Otabel. Uh, sit here. And this young man was sitting to my right. I'm sitting to his left. 
And so, you know, the boss introduced all of us and he says, well, this is Mr. Donko. And I said, well, they said, this is Mr. Otabel. And uh, that was it. So I, I got to know this young man. Uh, he later introduced himself. I'm Joe. I said, I'm Mesa. And we became very good friends. We we're both uh, artists and designers. And um, became friends for about two years. I didn't even preach to him the gospel. And I didn't tell him I've been praying for him. But after some time, he just got to know. He said, you know, you are different. You, of course I was different. Because this young man I got to know was very bad. You know, because on, on Mondays when we come and everybody talking about his escapades, the kinds of things he talked about, I couldn't imagine he would be doing that. Talking about all but the chief of it was he would be boozing and womanizing and all kinds of things. And I would say, well, this weekend I went for a crusade, I went to preach and I went to do, that's my escapade. So we became friends, we did a lot of projects together, did a lot of work together, became very, very good friends. Most times when we close from office, uh, we get to a junction, both walked, and uh, I would branch to a prayer meeting and he'll branch somewhere else. And then we'll regather and talk about what happened. And, and so one day, two years later, he came to the office and he says, you need to pray for me, you need to pray for me, my life is miserable. I said, you don't need prayer. You need Jesus. Prayer will not save you. Jesus is the savior. So he says, but you pray for me. I said, I've been praying for you for a very long time. <laughs> you know, so it was a Friday. And Monday he came to work very late. Of course, uh, he got drunk throughout the weekend and uh, had a hangover. So he came to work at around 11 o'clock. And when he got in, he says, please pray for me, pray for me. Today, something must change in my life. I said, you know, we close work at five. I, I have to work. We have to finish work. So we finished work and I said, okay, let's go. So we walked and I took him to a room. I used to pray in a classroom and I led him to Christ. And there was a major deliverance in his life. All kinds of things happened at that prayer meeting, but he gave his life to Jesus Christ in 1980 and uh, has lived for the Lord Jesus Christ up to now. Most of us know him as Pastor Edwin Donko. He's a member of the Presbytery of the International Central Gospel Church, now pastoring in London. So why did I share this testimony? I started praying for him before I even met him, didn't know who he was. Sometimes God is going to lay the burden on you to pray for people you don't know. And I do that a lot. I pray for a lot of people, just I see them and pray for them. Sometimes as I'm driving through the city of Accra, I pray for neighborhoods and pray for all kinds. I pray for shops and the shop owner. And I don't know who the shop owner is. I say, Lord, I pray for this shop owner that he'll come to know you. Constantly praying because Jesus says we must pray for that. Until we win the spiritual warfare for people's souls, salvation will be difficult for them. So, we pray for people. Ask the Holy Spirit to open hearts as you pray. The seed of God's word only germinates in hearts that are open to the word of God. And you have to stand in faith for the salvation 
of loved ones. Sometimes you pray for people or you share the gospel with them and they resist it. But you don't give up. This young man did not know that I had been praying for him probably about six months prior to when I met him and I've been praying for him two years after I met him that God will prepare his heart. Because when you preach the gospel to an unprepared heart, Jesus says, it is like a sower who goes to sow the seed. The seed is sown, but it falls on the wrong ground. And sometimes you have to wait until people's hearts are truly ready to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe the first time you spoke to them, their heart was not ready. Second time, their heart is not ready. Third time, their heart is not ready. Keep praying because God is working on the ground. The seed will one day find good soil to fall upon. And each one of us must pray. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your grandparents. Pray for your aunties. Pray for your uncles. Pray for your nephews. Pray for your nieces. Pray for your cousins. Pray for your in-laws. Pray for your schoolmates. Pray for people you like. Pray for people you don't like. Pray for people who bug you and those who don't bug you. Because it is in the place of prayer that God opens people's hearts to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, I, I just encourage you, go out and preach the gospel. And I've told you about three things. I have a fourth point, but my time is up, so I'm not going to go into that. But uh, you have to share the gospel. And you can do simple things like inviting people to church. And that's why we give you that card. You may not know what to say. But your pastor knows what to say. So bring him so your pastor will say what has to be said for the person's heart to be open. The person may not receive Christ the first day or the second day. But one day, that seed will fall on good ground. And it will bear fruit unto salvation. This morning I want us all to pray and ask that God will make us soul winners for his kingdom. That each one of us in our circle of influence will share the gospel with somebody. Just pray and ask the Lord to use you to make the gospel known unto somebody. Father, we thank you for your word which is life, your word which is light. And thank you for your children whom you have called. Thank you, Lord, that you delivered us from darkness into your precious light. And this morning, we dedicate ourselves to be the sharers of the gospel. And Father, in the ways we've talked about, help us, Lord, to live for you and to live at our faith and to lift Jesus up. And help us, Lord, to know how to pray for souls to be saved and teach us how to share the gospel wherever we are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God praise, somebody. Are you going to be a soul winner? All right. The easiest way, go and give out those invitation cards and bring somebody to church. They will hear a message that will transform their lives forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 
hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobu. And now, today's word. Aware. All right, let's get to the message. Um, I'm doing part two of my message, sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. And last week I talked about uh, the Great Commission. Uh, Jesus told us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And uh, uh, today I will just focus on how we do it, how we share the gospel, how we make Christ known. So this is part two of sharing the gospel. Kindly go with me to First John chapter one, verses one and two. First John chapter one, verses one and two. And it says, "That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen." With our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. God has called us to be witnesses. And a witness is somebody who gives evidence to a case and, 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 and talks about what they know about that particular case. And, and what God has called us to do is to give evidence of him to the world. And there are four things that the passage says uh, we can give evidence to. First, it says we give evidence to what we have seen. What we have seen, what we've seen Christ do in our lives what we have seen Christ do in other people's lives. So if you're going to testify of Christ, you're going to share uh, the gospel, you're talking about what you have seen. You can talk about what you have not seen. So you can tell people, listen, I know this person in my church, or I know this person, uh, and, and they gave their life to Christ, and Christ changed them, and Christ transformed them. Because I've seen it, or I've seen it in my own life. So first, we talk about what we have seen. Secondly, we talked about what we have heard. What we have heard is basically what we've heard from the Bible, what we've read in the Bible, uh, what we've heard people testify about, what we've heard preached from the pulpit, and that's what we talk about. So we, we, we've heard it, and so we give witness of it. And thirdly, we witness to what we have examined, what we've handled, what we've come to settle. Our faith in Christ or the Christian faith is examined and verified. It has stood the test of time for over 2,000 years. There are people who have tried so hard to overthrow Christianity for the last 2,000 years. Some violently, some with knowledge, with information, with education, with science, and Christianity has always stood still. You don't have a faith that is fragile and can easily be overthrown. You have a faith that is firm and has stood the test of time. And you can also say, I have proven my faith in Christ. I have handled it. I've examined it. It is true. And you can testify about it. So we talk about what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have examined. And finally, we talk about what we have experienced what we have experienced all right so evangelism or soul winning 
is more a lifestyle than even uh, an activity we involve in. You know, because many times when we talk about uh, going to win souls, we, we imagine things. Maybe going to people's houses to knock on the door. And what if the dog barks? barks? Or what if I open the door or knock on the door, the person comes and insults me? Or what, what if I'm trying to talk to somebody in the street and the person just rubbishes me? Or what if I try to witness uh, t- to the gospel and, and, and people just ignore me? I will feel embarrassed. I will feel ashamed. And that's why sometimes people find it difficult to share the gospel. So I'm going to talk about four important things you should be doing to share the gospel. Four of them. And I will talk about a testimony uh, that happened in my own life. The first thing, first step to sharing the gospel is let your light shine. Let your light shine. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Just shine the light. You are the light, shine it. And that's the first way we make Christ known, or the first way we share the gospel, is let our light shine. And what does it mean to let your light shine? It means we must live out our faith. Before people hear us preaching the gospel, they must see us living the gospel. The life we live, the lives we lead. The biggest turn off of an unbeliever is a Christian who does not live out his or her faith. Somebody who talks about one thing, but everything they do is very different. And when you go out just talking, 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 but not living it, you will put people off. So first and foremost, to share the gospel, our light must shine. We must be doers of our faith. If we say God is good, we must be good. If we say God is love, we must show love. If we say God is kind, we must show kindness. We cannot believe one thing and live totally opposite what we believe in. So, let your light shine. Live out your faith. And the other way to let our light shine is do acts of kindness. Jesus asked that our good works must be seen. Our good works must be seen so people will give glory to God. So wherever we are, in our office, in our neighborhoods, in our families, we must live out our faith and our good works must be seen. Be generous. Do things to help others. Volunteer a bit of your time for a neighbor. Share a meal. Help out a family in distress. Open doors for people. Good works will not save the sinner. But good works will open the sinner's heart to the message of salvation. So do something in your neighborhood, in your office that make people know that you are different. Your good works. Because sometimes, unfortunately, Christians can be very mean. And very, very wicked. And sometimes we can destroy people with gossip. And we can, we can just be people who just put other people down. But what will happen if, 
in your neighborhood, you are the one who doesn't gossip. When people come to you with a gossip, you are the one who says, you know what you're saying about this brother or this man, it's not kind, it's not good. I think you are destroying his name, you're destroying his reputation. Don't you think people will see you as a good person? And that when you come preaching the good news, they will listen to you. But if you're the one spreading gospel, gossip about everybody, destroying everybody, you're fighting everybody, you're fighting the neighborhoods, you're fighting about where to sweep and where not to sweep. <laughs> and you're going through all of this is in the, in the office, you're fighting over TNT and you're fighting over bonus and you're fighting over everybody and, and all of that. And then you come and say, Jesus loves you. Who's going to listen to that? So let your light shine. Everybody say my light must shine. All right. Jesus says they must see your good works. They must see my good works. So the first step to sharing the gospel is that we live out our faith by letting our light shine. Secondly, second way we share the gospel is to lift Jesus up. Lift Christ up. Lift him up. John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When When Christ is lifted up, when Jesus is lifted up, he draws all people to himself. We must learn not only to let our light shine, but to lift Jesus up. Lift Jesus up. Lift Jesus up. Lift him up for the world to see. For he said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Those are the words of a song we used to sing. Lift him up. How do we lift Jesus up? I'll show you two ways that we can lift Jesus up. First, we must celebrate the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Celebrate the Lord during your celebrations. God gives each one of us moments when people come around us to celebrate with us, to be part of our world. It could be during our birthdays, our graduations, engagements, weddings, baby namings, or even the funeral of a loved one. There are moments in everybody's life that people come around you. People celebrate you. These days on social media when it's people's birthday, they advertise that they are, it's their birthday. People are very bold these days. It's my birthday. And then they will get about a hundred comments or two hundred comments and people share their birthday. When people celebrate us, we must learn to use that celebration to point to Jesus. So when you have a birthday party, it must be an occasion for you to show something that you are a Christian. When it's your graduation and people come around, there must be something you do to point to Jesus, to celebrate him. When even you have a funeral and people come around you, what do you do there to advertise your faith? In your home, what is there in your home for anybody to look at your home and say, oh, that's a Christian home. 
Oh, this birthday, that's a Christian's birthday. That's a Christian's funeral. And I'm not going to give you any rules. But you know that there are certain kinds of music that are incompatible with your Christian faith. And if you bring people to your birthday and you play those music and people dance some of those very, 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 very bad dances. And they do it there and then you come and say, oh, I am a Christian. People are going to say, are you really sure? All booze flows at your party. And people are drunk and misbehaving. How do you then come out to celebrate Jesus? So let us be mindful that our moments are Jesus moments. Our celebrations are Jesus celebrations. And if we want people to come to know Jesus, the the moments when we lift up Jesus in our celebrations, the times when people stay around us, And the other way in which we lift Jesus up is to point people to the Lord. Point people to Jesus. Point them. You know, I like it when there are footballers and sportsmen. A footballer scores a goal. And, and, you know, he may not be the most perfect person, but they score a goal and they they point to the heavens. They, They are literally saying, I scored a goal, but give glory to God. Or somebody uh, scores a goal and kneels down. Or somebody takes an award and shares a testimony. These are very subtle ways of making people know who is the source of your success. And if you are a Christian, you have to find opportunities when you point to Jesus. So you receive a great award and everybody says, oh, you are the best in your field. And when you are receiving the prize, what did you say about Jesus? Or you won the award in your office. And everybody praise your hard work. When you were giving back your word, what did you say about Jesus? You may not be the most perfect person. In fact, sometimes people who hear you talk about Jesus say, Hey, the world is strange, Joe. Hey, I didn't know that man too. He talks about Jesus. Hey, we must all change. (laughs) Because they, they know you as rugged. But you're pointing to Jesus. Makes people ponder about their own lives. Especially when you are greater than people and you point to Jesus. Then those who are lesser than you are wondering, what are we here pointing to? You are the managing director. You say, I give glory to Jesus. The young bank teller would begin to wonder, wow. If the MD says Jesus is the source of their life, then Jesus must be really good. So for all of you big men and big women, let Jesus resound from your mouth. And let me say this, especially for those of you who work for multinationals and international organizations where Jesus is totally off, find a way to sneak in Jesus. Because you know, the unbelievers, they find a way to sneak in Buddha. They sneak in Confucius. They sneak in everything. But somehow when people talk about Jesus, everybody gets uptight. Talk about Jesus anyway. Because if he is your life, 
Then you must let people know in your moment of celebration, you got an award, you got an appointment. They say, whoa, so and so, you got an appointment. You come and say, oh, thank you so much for your hard work, but I want to give all this glory to God and thank God for Jesus who saved my life. People say, well, it's inappropriate. Yes, but it will get to somebody's ear. So learn to lift up the name of Jesus. Let your light shine, lift up Jesus. Third thing we must do to win souls to Christ or to share the gospel is to pray for the harvest of souls. Pray for the harvest of souls. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 to 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send our laborers into his harvest. This is the power room of the gospel. You, you pray for people. Because every soul winning effort is a spiritual warfare. Every soul winning effort. Satan holds people and he's not going to release them until we wrestle those souls out of his hand. And we have to pray for souls and we have to pray for many people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll share a little testimony here. You know, sometime in early 1978, when most of you were not born, early 1978, I used to see a young man who would walk past our home. I didn't know where he was going to. I assume he was going to work. But in the mornings, I'll see him. Sometimes in the evening, I'll see him walk by. And of all the people who walk that I saw, something just said, I should pray for this man. And I used to pray for him. I didn't know his name, didn't know where he was going to, but I would, I would pray for him. Anytime I see him, I say, Lord, have mercy. Touch him, Lord. Open his heart to the gospel. I didn't know whether he was a Christian or not, but I just prayed for him. And I pray for him uh, many times. Sometimes even when I hadn't seen him, I'll be walking in town and I'll pray for him. I'll remember the young man and pray for him. So sometime in the same 1978, I applied for and got a job. And uh, I remember when I was going, my first day at work, it was a Monday. I entered the doorway of our office. There's a canopy in front of the office. When I just entered under the canopy, going to the doorway, I prayed a prayer just at the door of the, of the office. And I said, Lord, I claim every soul in this office for you. That my presence here will bring everybody to Jesus Christ and everybody to know you as Lord and Savior. That was my prayer. I didn't pray for promotion. I didn't pray for favor. I just prayed that souls will be won. And so I entered. I was introduced to my boss. And the boss welcomed me. And I said, well, let me take you to your office. So he took me to my office uh, to welcome me. There were five spaces in my office. And guess who I saw in that office room? The young man I've been praying for who was driving, you know, walked in front of my office. So I just knew God has brought me here for an assignment. And so there were f- five desks. One was empty, which was mine. This is Miss Dotable. Uh, sit here. And this young man was sitting to my right. I'm sitting to his left. 
And so, you know, the boss introduced all of us and he says, well, this is Mr. Donko. And I said, well, they said, this is Mr. Otabel. And uh, that was it. So I, I got to know this young man. Uh, he later introduced himself. I'm Joe. I said, I'm Mesa. And we became very good friends. We're both uh, artists and designers. And um, became friends for about two years. I didn't even preach to him the gospel. And I didn't tell him I'd been praying for him. But after some time, he just got to know. He said, you know, you are different. You, of course I was different. Because this young man I got to know was very bad. You know, because on, on Mondays when we come and everybody talking about his escapades, the kinds of things he talked about, I couldn't imagine he would be doing that. Talking about all, but the chief of it was he would be boozing and womanizing and all kinds of things. And I would say, well, this weekend I went for a crusade, I went to preach and I went to do, that's my escapade. So we became friends, we did a lot of projects together, did a lot of work together, became very, very good friends. Most times when we close from office, uh, we get to a junction, both walked, and uh, I would branch to a prayer meeting and he would branch somewhere else. And then we would regather and talk about what happened. And, and so one day, two years later, he came to the office and he says, you need to pray for me, you need to pray for me, my life is miserable. I said, you don't need prayer. You need Jesus. Prayer will not save you. Jesus is the savior. So he says, but you pray for me. I said, I've been praying for you for a very long time. (laughs) You know, so it was a Friday. And Monday he came to work very late. Of course, uh, he got drunk throughout the weekend and uh, had a hangover. So he came to work at around 11 o'clock. And when he got in, he says, please pray for me. Pray for me. Today, something must change in my life. I said, you know, we close work at five. I, I have to work. We have to finish work. So we finished work. And I said, okay, let's go. So we walked and I took him to a room I used to pray in, a classroom. And I led him to Christ. And there was a major deliverance in his life. All kinds of things happened at that prayer meeting. But he gave his life to Jesus Christ in 1980 and uh, has lived for the Lord Jesus Christ up to now. Most of us know him as Pastor Edwin Donko. He's a member of the Presbytery of the International Central Gospel Church, now pastoring in London. So why did I share this testimony? I started praying for him before I even met him, didn't know who he was. Sometimes God is going to lay the burden on you to pray for people you don't know. And I do that a lot. I pray for a lot of people, just I see them and pray for them. Sometimes as I'm driving through the city of Accra, I pray for neighborhoods and pray for all kinds. I pray for shops and the shop owner. And I don't know who the shop owner is. I say, Lord, I pray for this shop owner that he'll come to know you. Constantly praying because Jesus says we must pray for that. Until we win the spiritual warfare for people's souls, salvation will be difficult for them. So, we pray for people. Ask the Holy Spirit to open hearts as you pray. The seed of God's word only germinates in hearts that are open to the word of God. And you have to stand in faith for the salvation 
of loved ones. Sometimes you pray for people or you share the gospel with them and they resist it. But you don't give up. This young man did not know that I had been praying for him probably about six months prior to when I met him and I've been praying for him two years after I met him that God will prepare his heart. Because when you preach the gospel to an unprepared heart, Jesus says, it is like a sower who goes to sow the seed. The seed is sown, but it falls on the wrong ground. And sometimes you have to wait until people's hearts are truly ready to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe the first time you spoke to them, their heart was not ready. Second time, their heart is not ready. Third time, their heart is not ready. Keep praying because God is working on the ground. The seed will one day find good soil to fall upon. And each one of us must pray. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your grandparents. Pray for your aunties. Pray for your uncles. Pray for your nephews. Pray for your nieces. Pray for your cousins. Pray for your in-laws. Pray for your schoolmates. Pray for people you like. Pray for people you don't like. Pray for, for people who bug you and those who don't bug you. Because it is in the place of prayer that God opens people's hearts to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, I, I just encourage you, go out and preach the gospel. And I've told you about three things. I have a fourth point, but my time is up, so I'm not going to go into that. But uh, you have to share the gospel. And you can do simple things like inviting people to church. And that's why we give you that card. You may not know what to say. But your pastor knows what to say. So bring him so your pastor will say what has to be said. For the person's heart to be open. The person may not receive Christ the first day or the second day. But one day that seed will fall on good ground. And it will bear fruit unto salvation. This morning I want us all to pray and ask that God will make us soul winners for his kingdom. That each one of us in our circle of influence will share the gospel with somebody. Just pray and ask the Lord to use you to make the gospel known unto somebody. Father we thank you for your word which is life, your word which is light. And thank you for your children whom you have called. Thank you, Lord, that you delivered us from darkness into your precious light. And this morning, we dedicate ourselves to be the sharers of the gospel. And Father, in the ways we've talked about, help us, Lord, to live for you and to live at our faith and to lift Jesus up and help us, Lord, to know how to pray for souls to be saved and teach us how to share the gospel wherever we are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God praise, somebody. Are you going to be a soul winner? All right. The easiest way, go and give out those invitation cards and bring somebody to church. They will hear a message that will transform their lives forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Ultimate, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Ottaville. Email Ottaville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.